It is here, the third anniversary special of Dead Rabbit Radio. We're going to talk about some crazy stuff this episode. First off, Dead Rabbit Radio lost media. Is it possible that if you tuned in on the first half hour of an episode being dropped, you heard a different episode? Then we're going to take a look at some questions submitted by you, the listener. You're like, I didn't know I submitted a question. We're going to talk about stuff, stories that are too disturbing for Dead Rabbit Radio. Have I ever infiltrated a gang? And do I think I'm currently being stalked by the federal government? Find out these questions and more on the third anniversary special of Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. And yeah, this is it. This is the third anniversary. Can you guys believe it? It was June 13th. When I came home, I was out walking, I was listening to that song Fireflies by Owl City. And I said, <laughs> that's a weird, that's a weird connection. I said, I'm going to start doing my podcast today. Because I'd been thinking about doing a podcast for a long time. I used to have a podcast back in like 2006 called Dead Rabbit Radio. It lasted like four episodes. I have those episodes too. I might, I might release them sometime. They're just so cringy. They're super, super cringy. But let's go ahead and get started here. We got a lot of stuff to cover, so we're going to have to get going. This show is edited. This is an edited podcast, as, as really a good podcast should be. A lot of podcasts, people just sit down and they start talking, and you can just make it so much tighter if you go and you start removing bad jokes. That's my big thing. Jokes that just fail. They just fall flat. They're super awkward. And I edit this show. I do not edit out me mispronouncing stuff. I don't edit out it probably as much as I should, but I, I there's a certain you still want that certain flavor to the show. The show, the show, the show is pretty absurd, right? Sometimes I'll make edits after the episode comes out, though. That's a neat thing about podcasts that so you can kind of go in and edit them afterwards. You're kind of George Lucasing them. Case in point, there was an episode I did called the Yuba County Five. That was the name of the episode, but that's what it was about. I really, really liked that episode, but in the episode, I told a joke where I just start dropping the F-bomb and start using all these cuss words, and it hits you like a brick in the face. Because even though I cuss in real life, I really watch what I say on the show, because the reason why I do that is because I know people listen to podcasts at work. People have also said they listen to them with their kids, but mostly it's, the, I didn't think that would ever happen. It's mostly because I love to listen to podcasts at work. And you can't listen to podcasts that's cussing all the time. But that episode, it just I, I thought the joke was funny. I didn't think it was bad, but it just it just hit you. It came out of nowhere. And I figured some guy's probably working on like Chuck E. Cheese listening to the podcast. And his boss walks into that moment. So I, I went in and I removed that joke like a year after the episode came out. Like a bunch of people had already gotten fired. I removed it. But there was one episode that I made a change 30 minutes after it came out. Listen to this. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day too. We have a lot of stuff to cover today. We're just going to jump right into this. Our next story, what we're going to do, is we are going to talk about Ormus. Now, that's from episode 86 the Bigfoot Massacre, where I covered a theory on the conspiracy theory iceberg. 
that the Patterson-Gimlin tape was actually a tape of a bunch of Bigfoots, spoiler alert, <laughs> being massacred. You listen to that clip I just played, I do the intro, and then you hear me go, next up, and I start a story. There is a full 10 minutes missing from that episode. The episode clocked in at around 22 minutes, which is very, very short even back then. 22-minute episode. There's a whole story missing from that episode. Now, I can't tell you what it is for legal reasons. This is a really interesting story. This is super interesting. So episode 86, it's really, really early on in the show. And I got to be real careful about how I talk about this because this person could still come after me, but... Uh, We'll keep it in a nutshell here. I can't reveal who it is here either, but I had covered a story on that episode. One that people had requested. Okay, it wasn't like a story I had stumbled across. One that people had requested. I covered this story. I did the episode. I uploaded it. And then I'm just scooping off playing video games. I get an email. My phone alert goes off. I look at it. It's a legal threat to take the story down or I'm going to get sued. Now, this is before Forrest Finn, which I also got a ton of legal threats over the Forrest Finn story. But here's a, this is how you got to navigate through life. You got to pick your battles and you got to trust your gut. And I read this email from this person. And basically they say, you got to take this down for a couple of reasons. They did validate, because you know how you guys listen to the show. This is no one's first episode. If it is, go listen to another one, because this one's all behind-the-scenes stuff. But I'll present a thing. I'll go through a theory. We'll put on our conspiracy cap, and I'll kind of come up with a weirder theory than that. The th- one of the theories was spot on. This person said, yes, that is what is going on, but I'm not this thing, you said. <laughs> I'm not this weird thing, you said, because they, they were thinking the conspiracy cap thing was, like, legit. Take it down. You got to take it down. Now, I knew I was going to get requests like this doing shows. I knew that this was going to happen. But this is where the following the gut thing came in. I read this email and I thought, not only will this person follow through on this threat, I have a gut feeling they can. That they have the money or the time or both to get legal representatives involved to come after me. So I emailed them back my response that I give people all the time. Yeah, sure, whatever. And I removed it. There's maybe 30 people who heard that episode unedited. It was up for about a half hour, and then I went in, I clipped it out of the podcast itself, and made the episode 10 minutes shorter, and I removed the YouTube video. Never heard from them since. And you go, Jason, well, what's to stop, you know, someone from you covering the story tomorrow and someone, because again, you you feel that gut feeling whether or not this person will actually go through with it. Because when I was getting those lawsuits from the Forrest Finn people, I was like, you bozos. You absolute nimrods. And I just, and I doubled down and I tripled down. I ran that Forrest Finn thing into the ground, dug it back up, and then wrote it around some more. This one I felt was legit. And I was the first person to cover this topic, but I wasn't the last. And a bunch of other people got sued because they didn't follow their instincts. Like, I remember a year or two later, I was on something else. I wasn't even looking into that story because I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And someone got bonked for it. A couple people got bonked for it. Because they were following up on their illegal threat. So, you know, whatever. Like, I, that's like, and it's funny, you go, Jason, aren't you like a paranormal researcher? Isn't it about like revealing the truth and stuff like that? It is, but you got to pick your battles. And, you, and I always say, can I tank the hits? This 
it's really weird. We're in this weird spot with the show. As far as podcasts go, we're in the top 2% of all the podcasts in the world. Like, this show was a huge hit in the podcast world. I think in any given time, when you look at America, we're in the top 100 true crime podcasts. And you go, how many true crime podcasts are there? There's a ton. But that listenership is 21,000 people. 21,000 people. That's pulling from the YouTube audience, and that's pulling from the people who listen to the podcast. 21,000 people. That's not huge when it comes to the channel getting completely taken down or the podcast getting taken down or someone coming after me legally. In the world of podcasting, this show's a huge hit. It's phenomenal. I'm so grateful. But as far as, you know, someone coming after me and can I take that hit, got to choose your battles. And that's actually a good segue into our first user question. This one's from Nikolai Mishkin on YouTube. Thank you so much for submitting this. The question is, will you keep the show going until the end? And he'd love to hear, Nikolai would love to hear 90-year-old Jason talking about high strangeness and things like that. That depends on you guys. The show, this is the thing, the show needs to grow. I'm so grateful. Three years ago, that first episode came out, we had 14 people download it in the first week. Now in the first week, an episode I drop gets 2,000 downloads it's phenomenal that's massive but the show needs to grow if you want the show to stick around it needs to grow i have a lot of stories that i want to cover that i can't because i can't tank the hit if it goes sideways like that's just the bottom line we need to grow the audience so i can cover more topics that i'd like to cover there are people who hate this show who talk about it all the time online and they hate it, right? So if you really, really love the show, go to Reddit, talk about it on Reddit. Don't don't shill up the X board. I'm not saying that, but because that needs to be like a research board and, and let the people who have these French theories nowhere else to post about them, post them on there. Don't shill up the X board. But go to Reddit, talk about it online, talk about it to your friends, print out the flyers. You guys need to get the word out because the show needs to grow. It needs to grow, and that's how it remains sustainable. I remember there was one guy a long time ago who goes, ah, no, I don't want the show to get big. I want it to stay small so it doesn't change. That's not how it works. What happens is if the show stops growing or starts shrinking, it will change. It will change, because then I have to go, am I doing something wrong? Like, why why do I have a thousand less listeners this quarter as opposed to last quarter? Like, what's going on? And that's that, it's, that's just an odd... I understand the logic behind it. It's like you don't want your band to go national because you're afraid it's going to go to their head. But we're at episode 695 in. The show is dialed in. There's such a formula to it. So don't worry about that. Worry about... We go three quarters and the show is losing listeners and I go... It's like a weightlifter. I like the weightlifter analogy. You start off your benching 100 pounds, and then eventually you keep working, you're doing your best, you're able to bench 300 pounds, and someone walks up and goes, well, you should be grateful. With, you can bench 300 pounds. How many people can bench 300 pounds? That's, but no, you have to keep pushing forward. And eventually, if you keep doing the same exercise over and over and over again, and you can't increase your bench, you can't get to 310, you have to do a new exercise. You have to figure out a new way to approach it. And that's a good segue into our next question, actually. This is from Wislehorn, or Weisselhorn, I think is how I normally pronounce your name. 
Patreon supporter. Thank you very much for supporting the Patreon. Weisselhorn's question was, what are some interesting stories that you had to cut due to them being too depressing or disturbing? And that's a great question, and there's been a lot of them. There's been a lot of them. I've toyed around with the idea of doing a true crime podcast, strictly true crime podcast. Whether or not it was on the side or it was an evolution of Dead Rabbit Radio, which I'm not planning on doing anytime soon, but I was thinking about that because I have this huge backlog of stories that are too depressing for Dead Rabbit Radio. And it's it's interesting because when I started doing the podcast, the podcast that I had in my head was less goofy than the podcast turned out to be. Looking back, I thought the show was going to be more serious. That first episode is so goofy, and I didn't know it at the time, but it really set the tone for the show. And if you listen to some of those early episodes, you can tell I'm trying to find my feet. And to me, I didn't know it at the time, but to me, one of the key episodes, I don't remember which episode it was, it was like in the first ten, I tried telling a really spooky true crime story about a man breaking into a house. And it was really like self-serious because I was still trying to find the tone. And I realized I recorded it and I realized I wish I had kept this episode, um, the raw audio. I deleted it early on. I was deleting the raw audio because I didn't have space on my hard drive. But I realized after the episode, I made all these errors. The episode that airs is me laughing so hard at this story because of all these errors I made. So even when I was trying to be super serious, it just didn't work. I just thought the show would be more serious. I thought the show would be darker than it is. This is one of those things that you learn over time. There's a place and a time for the dark stuff. And there's stuff that's just too dark for the show. And and there was one week I did where it was like disturbing week or something like that. And you guys complained about it. I got a lot of emails. Because you, you can have a depressing show. You can have a dark show. You can have a serious show. But when you have a show that's lighthearted, then all of a sudden is telling these really heart-wrenching stories, and then Tuesday's the same, and then Wednesday's the same, it really kind of bums you out. That'd be the same thing as if you go to watch a Mickey Mouse cartoon, and then there's an episode where Mickey Mouse is, like, drowning his nephew. It's like you don't expect it. Now, again, like, you could be watching Adult Swim, and you could be watching a whole night of animation, and some of it's more serious than the other. There's places and times for this stuff. And I do tell some kind of dark stuff. But I have stuff that's way darker than anything I'd talk about on the show. I remember there was one one story I wanted to cover for a long time. I think I finally got around to it. Fast forward. Fast forward for a minute. If this is disturbing, even though you don't know what it is. The one about the kid who wanted to show that autism was a serious condition and more attention had to be paid to autism. He suffered from autism, so he picked up a three-year-old and threw him off a building. It's like a museum. It's like one of those open air museums or it had like three or four story museum. And he just picked this kid up who stand next to him and threw him off of the ledge. The kid survived, but um, he was horribly messed up. You know, stuff like that. Like there's a lot of true crime stuff. I came across a story today that I'm not going, I'm not going to share with you. Uh, and the story detailed the sound you know, the sound that made when this action took place. And it disturbed me. Like, I read it, and I read more true crime than anything. And and so I have to make determinations about what to share with you guys. And this is really what it comes down to. I'll read stuff, and I'll go, this is a really interesting true crime story, 
but doesn't add anything to the overall Dead Rabbit Radio catalog. Like, it's a horrible true crime story. What does it add, though, to it? Is there something I can take away from it other than the world can be horrible sometimes? And that's what a lot of true crime stories are. And I I actually have three or four listed in my notes here that I was going to mention. Um, But they're just horrible. They're horrible things. I think the thing with the, the, the young man with autism, he threw the dude off the roof. I think the reason why I talked about that was because I went into, because more information to come out about his search terms and how he was trying to plan this out. Like we could start looking at the judicial system side of it and that trying to cover it up. I'm pretty sure I covered that. I'll have to go back through. I think I did it on a live episode actually. But the point is, is like if I can find something that kind of relates back to law and order or some sort of social thing, if it's just a human being walking into a room and doing something atrocious to another person. And that's the whole story. I tend to leave those out. I do save the articles because I may do a true crime podcast someday. That is that. That just is that stuff. And you would be expecting it when you'd be like, all right, what am I going to hear about today? But if it's just popping in between stories of meth addicts masturbating in Starbucks and children pooping out eggs and all that stuff like it's just so jarring and i was getting complaints that and the thing is is like i knew it was jarring too it's not like i said i'm never going to cover them again but i thought there's a place in the time for these and if i'm going to cover them there needs to be a reason it just can't be this world's horrible this is a horrible world i don't believe it's a horrible world but um, that's kind of those those episodes like cussing can can just hit you and you don't expect it. You're expecting to hear something creepy, maybe something disturbing, but there's a difference between the dog in the kitchen story disturbing and something horrible happening to like some seven year old who's like eating cereal and some guy broke in the house. There's two different levels of disturbing. I want to segue from that real quick. This actually wasn't a user question, but it's something I wanted to talk about. I'll talk about it real brief. I'll try to keep it brief, dude. There is a story that I've wanted to cover since really the early days of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm almost too much of a fanboy to cover it. It might be my favorite story that combines like true crime and conspiracy and like paranormal. You guys are going to laugh. I can't even talk about it. I... Because I will, I'll just go on forever. Balloon Boy. <laughs> Balloon Boy. Remember Balloon Boy? It was Falcon Heaney, that guy, uh, Richard Heaney, built that ceramic, not, not ceramic, that won't fly, the aluminum balloon. And it flew away, and the helicopters were chasing it, and they thought that Falcon Heaney was on board. It was a huge news story. And it turns out that Falcon Heaney wasn't on board. You're like, Jason, that's true. That's really out of, out of all of these episodes, everything you've covered. That's I, I love that story. I've researched probably about as much about Balloon Boy as I have. 9-11 was an insight. I love Balloon Boy. And weird coincidence, the Heaney Boys released a rap album that stated that 9-11 was an inside job. It's so The story is so bizarre. The Heaney boys became musicians. They're still musicians. Richard Heaney tried having this television show. It's like Mythbusters, but it's like a paranormal Mythbusters. Then he became a superhero known as Aluminum Man. And then he invented this 
really cool invention that turned your truck into a half of a transformer. It's fat. I am so fascinated by the story of Balloon Boy. I want to do a full on segment on him, but this topic is so sprawling. And since I'm such a fanboy of it, like I'm so fascinated because it's, it's, it's so, it's just, I think it has to do with like people's obsession with fame. And then, and then science, those two things combining. And then conspiracy theories. Like, you know, Richard Heaney wanted to get a television show called Side Detectives so he could build a bunker so him and his family could survive the 2012 global catastrophe. Like, that's so fascinating to me. That's so fascinating to me, and I want to cover it. I pretty much covered it now. But, I mean, I could honestly go, there's so, just the superhero story alone, where he became Aluminum Man and started his own rock video. Fascinating. I just, There are some times where I'm researching or working or something, and I go, I need a Heaney break. I'm not even being ironic. I'm not even being ironic, and I will go and I will watch interviews with Richard Heaney. And, again, I'm not, it's, it's one of those things, like, I don't want it to come across like I'm making fun of the guy. I find it fascinating. It's not one of those things like I'm watching a slow motion car wreck. It's I'm so fascinated by him as a character. And yeah, it's so bizarre. Balloon Boy. I remember once Topps baseball cards. I'm not a baseball fan. I'm not a fan of sports. Although I am a fan of going. This is so weird. I'm a fan of going to live sports not really watching them. I get bored. But I, there's a certain energy when you go and you're surrounded by a bunch of people who are there to watch something. It's different than a movie. I find sports pretty boring to watch. Basketball, I can watch in person. Football, I can watch in person. Baseball, it's kind of boring. But anyways, Topps Baseball Cards was doing this giveaway where you bought a pack of baseball cards and inside of it was a bunch of junk, right? A bunch of baseball cards. You're like, oh, Mickey Mantle rookie card. Some of these packs had little pieces of the balloon from Balloon Boy. And I wanted one of those. I still look on eBay. I can't find them anywhere. The cards, I couldn't find the cards being sold around me when they came. I tried, man. I'm obsessed with the Balloon Boy story. It's fascinating. I find the whole saga super fascinating. I could watch deep dive documentaries on that dude. For days, but again, I'm too I'm too close to the story. I have my stuffed balloon that I go to bed with every night. Uh, I would like to cover it someday. But my thing is like I got get a lot of requests for stories. I'm so thankful for those requests because we've got a lot of good stuff out of them. But when people request stories that are popular, my go-to response is, "What can I add to it?" By me retelling it, how does that? add anything to it there are some stories that no one's ever heard of right so i don't have any problem covering those but like something with the balloon boy if i was just telling you the story of the balloon boy in the allotted a time that i have on the show can it really add anything more other than the fact that i really like balloon boy or is it something that i could find a documentary and do a dead rabbit recommends you to watch it yourself that's what I have to ask myself. By am I transforming it in any way? And it's so funny because Nikolai Mishkin and Charlotte Renee both asked the question about the time limit. They wish we had longer shows. And the reason why that that's basically Charlotte kind of hit the nail on the head. Episodes range between 30 and 40 minutes. And that means I've recorded an hour worth of stuff. For every hour I record, it takes two hours to edit. 
So when you listen to a 40-minute episode, there's three hours of work into that. If I record an hour worth of stuff, there's probably an hour and a half worth of material, which takes me three hours to edit. So I spend already four to five hours a day doing the show. The reason why the episodes are as short as they are is because of that, and it is for your guys' time as well. Because yes, it is awesome to have a nice long episode. The shows used to have a hard limit of 35 minutes. I actually increased it to 40 minutes. So I have added, the episodes are longer now than they used to be, but I don't want them to keep getting longer because not everyone has 40 minutes a day. I know most people listen to the show when they're driving the car, they're washing their dishes, they're doing their homework, they're listening to every other word. I'm totally fine with that. But I also don't want it to be like this thing that just keeps getting longer and longer. Brevity is the soul of wit. Keep it short, keep them wanting more, and it's less for me to edit out. Let's hit a couple more of these questions real quick here. Splacatorius sent over this question. Patreon supporter Splacatorius. Has your time producing the show caused any changes in the way you view specific phenomenon? You know, do I look at aliens differently, ghosts differently, things like that? It's an interesting question. A pretty short answer. Yes. Yes. I'm more into alien encounters now than I was before I started doing the show. Like, way more into Alien. Because when when you first hear stories about UFOs, it's just lights in the sky. Which is interesting in a... In a like, without any background information, oh, there's a light in the sky. That's kind of weird. What could it be? But that's boring overall. Like, outside, <laughs> outside of it being an extraterrestrial visitor, it could really be anything that's unidentified. You would hear stuff like Betty and Barney Hill abduction, conspiracy theories, stuff like that. But for the most part, it was great aliens abducting humans. Doing this show, we're able to talk about aliens abducting bears, right? Aliens that abducted a bear, the sheep slayer, the creature that came down and was killing all the sheep. And the woman had to run out with, I think it was a whip and was fighting it. Or the alien had a whip, whatever it was. Yes, all those episodes will be in the show notes. That's really fascinating to me. Like, I now go out of my way to find really cool alien encounter stories. Close encounters of the third and the fourth kind. Um, before, I was just kind of like, eh. Bigfoot hasn't really changed that much. I, I still think that it's a, maybe a 50-50 shot whether or not he exists. I, I wasn't a huge fan of his growing up. I was a bigger fan of Balloon Boy than Bigfoot. I do find him interesting. There just doesn't seem to be a lot in the mythos. We cover him when he does weird stuff like wear clothes. Or walk through portals, things like that. Ghosts. Ghosts I've always believed in. It hasn't really changed my viewpoint on ghosts. So they, there was an interesting question too by Splacatorius. Are there any dangers or pitfalls in approaching the paranormal with too much skepticism? Uh, it's boring. I think that's the biggest pitfall. This show, it's funny because as the show progressed, if you go back and listen to early episodes, I was way more skeptical. Way, way more skeptical. And the reason why I stopped focusing on that wasn't because I became less skeptical. It's because that's not entertaining. There are some stuff that is debunkable, like Vril, the Nazi soul juice that they were using to power UFOs, 100% debunked. The aluminum wedge, the tooth, the, uh, what was it called? The uh, tooth of Ayud or the wedge of Ayud, which is this aluminum wedge that apparently traveled back in time. Full out debunked. The Cooper family photo. I saw that on the export the other day. Full out debunked. And I think it's fascinating when you can look at these stories and debunk them. But when you're talking about like ghost encounters, alien encounters, cryptids and stuff like that, it's no fun to tell a Bigfoot story and go, but we all know Bigfoot's not real. 
There's never been any proof that he's existed outside of a couple footprints and blurry. That's not an entertaining podcast. And it's not really, it wouldn't even be entertaining to have a conversation with your friend where you're like, dude, do you want to hear this crazy story? And you tell the story and they go, yeah, but that didn't happen. And you go, well, yeah, it might not have happened. <laughs> the Falconini might not have been on the balloon. But it was just, yeah. So you, I think the big thing with being too skeptical is just boring. I think you can have an open mind and go, yeah, you know, Bigfoot might be real, right? I wouldn't bet money that he was real, but I love learning about him. I love learning the weird stuff about him. Again, like wearing pants or walking through portals. Christian and Tommy Davidson, both longtime Patreon supporters, had a question about what happened with the conformers. This is an interesting story, and, and it, this is kind of a segue from what we were talking about. Conformers, man, the show notes are going to be full of episodes. The Conformers was an episode I did a long time ago, and I think it was the only topic I talked about on the episode. The conceit of the storyline is this, is that there are two people. It was Clay Pickering and his brother. I don't remember his name. Falcon? Falcon Pickering? I don't remember. There is a they they put forth this story that there is a there is only one race of aliens. They're called the Conformers. They're a silica-based alien race. They sound like it's pebbles in a bucket when they're talking. They're super vicious, and they're also I'm I'm iffy on this detail. I think they're also highly religious. It was this weird combination of things. They're the only alien race that exists, and they smell. They they're super stinky. I had heard about this. I think I heard about them on the Mysterious Universe podcast a long time ago, but these guys were super vicious aliens. They're the only ones that were out there. And because it was the truth, whenever you talked about them online, stuff would get erased. And while I was researching the story, stuff was getting erased. While I was looking into it, websites were going down. They weren't in the Wayback Machine. Like I had taken notes. I had read them. I had kind of absorbed the information. But I, when I went back to go add them to the show notes, the websites were gone. Like within a matter of the month, I looked at them. Very, very interesting episode. But this is the same thing with the Arata's story. I still see that pop up in conspiracy theory circles. Did you know if you use the word Arata? I know I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but there's this word. If you use it, your website gets taken down and the thread gets taken down and people get banned off of Reddit and people are constantly talking about the story and they never get banned. I did a full episode on the Erratus story. It's still up. I think I even labeled that story in jest. I knew there was nothing behind the mystery, but this might be the last episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. Da, 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 da. The whole thing about the Conformer story was that you can't talk about it. It gets erased. And that story was like episode... 70 or something like that maybe maybe a little bit after 100 it's been a long time so the 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 episode's still up the podcast is still up i'm still alive so that idea that if you i don't know what the timing was with the stuff being taken down while i was researching it that was weird and then i thought about the conformers too when i was staying at a haunted house recently i didn't know it was haunted but outside of my place someone a friend of mine recorded this weird noise that I said it kind of sounded like little pebbles in the bucket. So maybe the conformer show. It sounded like a magical fairy. It could have been anything. It was just a weird noise. So the idea was, did the conformers visit my place? <laughs> they made a mess of it. I'm like, oh, it's so stinky. My eyes are going from side to side. I'm the stinky one. I'm the one who stunk this place up. Interesting story. I think it holds as much weight as pretty much any alien story. 
It has the same pitfalls, i.e. no proof. It's just kind of people talking about it. But it's fascinating nonetheless. It does kind of run in... Basically, when you set up a story that says this is the only story that's true, all the other alien stories are fake, it kind of puts up an insurmountable wall of other evidence against it. All these other... What were these other people seeing if yours is the only story that's true? But it's still a fascinating story. I still bump into it from time to time. I wish it was more popular. I wish it was a more popular story. I think it has the... It has the interest level to be a bigger conspiracy story, but it's just not. This episode is going to go a little long. This episode's going to go a little bit long because, you know, it's kind of the third anniversary special. I got a couple other questions to go through. I want to start with these. These are kind of more personal questions. I thought this was interesting. Backdoor Burglar sent this question because I talked a lot about when I was growing up in Orangeville, California, there's a lot of skinheads, a lot of white supremacists, and they had, there was like a gang called the Peckerwoods, and then you had other white supremacy gangs in the area and stuff like that. And Backdoor Burglar uh, asked me this question I thought was interesting. Did I ever have to, quote, blend in with Orangeville skinheads to avoid a dangerous situation? I'm gonna give you guys a piece of advice here. Hopefully you'll never have to take it. Hopefully you'll never be in a situation where you'll have to remember this piece of advice. Never. Ever. Pretend to be in a gang that you are not a member of. That is one That is one of the worst things you can do. It is literally better to take the butt kicking than pretend you're in a gang that you're not a member of. They, If you do that, let me tell you this story. One day I was visiting my cousin in jail. It was down in Sacramento. My cousin had just been arrested. I was taking the metro train, the light rail. I'm coming back from county jail. And I'm taking it, and I get on, and sitting in the little train car that I'm in is this giant blood gangster. <laughs> not, not, not like a giant, not like a giant anthropomorphic puddle. It's this giant blood gangster. He's like six foot two. He's sitting there with his girlfriend. She's dressed in red. He's in head to toe red. He has a pit bull on a chain. And I just walk by, sit down. I'm like maybe sitting a couple seats away from him, if that. We're just going on the train. I remember just thinking about my cousin. He'd gotten, you know, this was when he, he killed a guy. This is when he was, he was just recently arrested for killing a guy. He, this story's 12 years old, but at the time he had just been arrested for killing this guy. So I was visiting him in jail and eventually he was found guilty. He was sent to prison, but taking the train back. And I'm just thinking about my cousin and it's, you know, the light rail makes it stops and the light rail stops at the station and another blood gets on the train and I'm sitting there and I see this other blood get on the train. And this guy is like six foot three, right? He's one inch taller. And the guy sitting down dressed in head to toe red, his girlfriend head to toe red. And he has his pit bull on the chain. He gets nervous. And I remember sitting there and I thought, if the six foot two gang member is nervous, you better be nervous. The other blood gets on the train and he immediately, to the guy sitting down with the pit bull, to the guy with the pit bull, challenges him. Where are you from? And the dude sitting down responded with a certain street name. And the other blood goes, you know so-and-so and so-and-so? And And the guy sitting down goes, yeah, that dude does this. And then what about this guy? You know this guy? And the other guy goes, oh, yeah, man, yeah. And they sat down and they chatted the rest of the ride. And I sat there and I knew what was going on. If that dude sitting down got one question wrong, it was going to be a massacre. He was challenging him. 
He wanted to know where he was from, what neighborhood he was representing. If, if there was some guy sitting on there and he thought it was all cool and yo, I'm a blood and da 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 and that dude walked on, that would have been a totally different situation. That guy was ready to fight that dude with a pit bull. So the short, short answer to this question, no. Never, ever pretend to be in a gang that you're not a member of. That is actually the worst crime. It's the same thing as stolen valor, right? People in the military, they go, hey, I fought for these medals. I lost friends. I lost brothers and sisters. And you're pretending to be one of us? Stolen valor, you'll go to prison, right? If you pretend to be in a gang that you're not in, you're actually you were treated far worse than if you're a civilian or if you're in a rival gang. And Rudy Jazz, and this kind of goes into the same thing, Rudy Jazz, and I think Tommy Davidson mentioned it as well, more wild stories from my youth. I think it's funny because those kind of go into the thing I was talking about, disturbing stories, in the sense that there's a time and a place for them. Yeah, there'll be more stories about crazy stuff I did when I was a kid, but you don't want the podcast to just be that. I really like to space those out. The personal ghost stories, I even space those out, and those are more on theme. But when I talk about stuff that it's about me, you really got to space it out. Otherwise, it's just too much. You know what I mean? That it's it's That's a nice side dish. That's a nice little appetizer, but you don't want to get it all the time. Let's do three more questions here real quick, and then we're going to wrap it up. Nick Bustin Gustin, Patreon supporter, always tuning in for the live episodes. Really, really great. Him and his girl love the show, Dead Rabbit Radio. Has this question, do you believe you're on a watch list or tracked by any government agency? I've had interactions with the FBI. I've had interactions with the CIA. They owe me $1,000. Have I mentioned that before? That riles me up every single time. The CIA got in the middle of a business thing. I was, it was totally legit. They owe me 1000 at least $1,000, man. I should start charging them interest. But anyway, <laughs> anyways. I think I've talked about that on the show before. You're like, Jason, you've never mentioned that the CIA, the C, the Central Intelligence Agency owes you $1,000. Well, they do. I wasn't doing nothing with them. It's not like they, I don't want want some terrorist group coming after me thinking I know anyone in the CIA. They got in the middle of a business that I was part of. I had a contract. It was totally legit. 100% legal, and the CIA came in, and they shut it down. They're like, Jason, the CIA does not shut down legal businesses. Listen, I can't prove that the CIA owes me $1,000, because that's kind of hard. It's not like they give you a receipt, but they owe me $1,000. But anyways, do I think, you're like, Jason, I want to know. Don't don't avoid that. I want to know why you think the CIA owes you $1,000 and why they would shut down your quote-unquote legitimate business. (laughs) Anyways, do I think I'm on any sort of government watch list? I'm sure I'm on the same watch list that everyone else is, right? Like, I I would say that. I would say that. I'm sure there are. I'm sure the podcast has popped up from time to time ever so often. uh, Keywords are said. And it's getting taken up by Carnivore, which I don't know if that's still the name for it, but Carnivore during the Clinton administration was this program that consumed all media. It's actually a pretty badass name if you think about it. It consumed all media and all phone calls and then looked for keywords. Back in the Clinton administration, that was a huge conspiracy. Now I say that to you, you're like, yeah, obviously. Like, we know that's true. We know that happens. So I'm sure that there are people... 
do I, see here's the thing i think i've probably popped up on certain watch lists and stuff like that but do i think they're watching me no i hope they're listening to the show you know what i mean like i think i want more people to listen to the show if it turns out that every week the cia holds a meeting and they listen to an entire week's worth of episodes that'd be dope right because then they're enjoying the show and they're having a good time but you know, I've had I've had interactions with the FBI long before I and positive interactions long before I did Dead Rabbit Radio. Like I've had a couple times where I've had to meet with FBI agents. I think I guys told you that's one where I found that really cryptic website that had all these codes, and I just happened to be at a place where the FBI was at. You're like, Jason, you gotta give us more detail here. Um, and I passed the codes along to them. This was after 9-11 and they're like looking at them and they're like, yeah, this is what we need people to do. Like, there's just too much stuff out there because this is like 2002 and it was these coded messages going back and forth that looked like they were planning some sort of attack. So, you know, I've had interactions with the feds like that. Um, the, the IRS, okay, if I'm on any watch list, it's the IRS. I, that I need to get that stuff sorted out, but yeah, as far as like federal, NSA, FBI, CIA watch list, uh, the CIA is on my watch list. I'm watching for my thousand dollars. But other than that, I'm sure that I'm on the same. Maybe I'm on some special thing. I, I don't think so, really. I really don't think so. And what's funny is that's a perfect lead into our next question because I'm super paranoid. So for me to go, I don't think the FBI is like has a dedicated division or they have an agent. They, I think they probably do have people that listen to conspiracy content. And that's what I'm saying. Like I may pop up every so often in this wheel. When I talk about Hillary Clinton's shape-shifting pants at Guantanamo Bay, it probably does trigger something. And someone probably listens to the episode or it goes to some sort of AI. The AI is like, ha 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 ha. It's just laughing. But I don't think I'm on any sort of like watch list as far as how we would traditionally think. I don't think I'm on like some sort of Ruby Ridge level warning system but i am very very paranoid person so moving on to that we have this youtube comment from knitting kitten 2014 have i ever considered doing a meetup like a big one i've had people say hey man i'm traveling through your town i'd like to hang out and i'd love to do that but you guys got to understand i'm super super paranoid like, it doesn't really come... That's one of those things, like, the, the Dead Rabbit Radio, that is authentically me, but there's... Everyone has different sides of the personality. I don't think the paranoid part of me... I don't think the person who grew up in bad neighborhoods comes across a lot on the show. I've thought about doing... I'm thinking about doing a meetup when I go to visit family in Sacramento in July. I'm taking three weeks off in July, like I do every summer. I'm going to go visit my family down in Sacramento. I'm thinking about doing a meetup in Citrus Heights. That would be really cool. Um, I think it'd be awesome. But again, I'm thinking when I announce that I'm going to be in a location, the CIA's like, oh, you think we only took $1,000 from you, eh? You know what I mean? So I'm trying to, that, I do have a paranoid streak in me. There are people that I've pissed off. You guys might find it hard to believe, but I've pissed off people long before the show. People who would really like to know where I'm at ahead of time. I don't know. Maybe they're all gone by now who knows but that's that's another thing like there are legitimately people out there not like forest fanatics or stuff like that there are legitimately people out there who would love to know that i'm going to be at citrus heights 
on July 18th at 3 p.m. Like that, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like there, I gotta be careful about announcing my locations because there's people out there who want who want to come after little little JJ. You didn't know. You didn't know that was my street name, little JJ. There's people out there, so I gotta be careful about this stuff. But I really would like to do a meetup. I think we have time for one. But I love this question. Stuart Meatball sent me this question. In all honesty, how did you manage to drop the pain pills and the weed? That's a really interesting question. One time the listeners of the show know I used to drink a lot when I was in college. I used to smoke weed from basically 21 to from 21 to 25. I was drinking and smoking every single day. On the episode Solar Plexus Clown Gliders, I mentioned I injured my back and I was prescribed 240 Vicodin a month. This is back like in 2004, something like that, 2005. I was on it for a couple of years. The, the pain pills, I connected them to a physical pain I was suffering. And when you stop taking pain pills, you get horrible, horrible diarrhea. Your legs hurt. You can't sleep. You're super sweaty. You're going through a withdrawal. But I never saw myself as being mentally addicted to pain pills. I was physically dependent on them. But with the nicotine, I had a harder time giving up nicotine than I did weed or alcohol. And I think one of my big vices is because I'm over, I'm actually, I'm now as slim as I was when I was in college. I'm actually now back at 275. That's how much I weighed in college. But food, I think you can throw food in there, Stuart Meatball. Like that's a big thing that people get addicted to, but don't think about it. Now, I recently did that episode about hypnosis therapy, and the key takeaway to that was if you don't know how to treat it in real life, don't try to treat it with hypnosis. So I take this into account. I'm not a substance abuse therapist, right? I'm not a skilled technician in this. But I think if you're struggling with, as I go on to give you advice, I think if you're struggling with substance abuse, I think you need to think, and I think this is important. Alcohol is a bit different because alcohol, you can become physically dependent on You get the shakes, people can die from alcohol withdrawal. But marijuana, right, pain pills, you go through three or four days, you're off the pain pills. Like, you're addicted to pain pills, you go three or four days, the withdrawals are over, you're done. You're done with that. After that, you have a mental addiction to them. Weed, there's no physical addiction. Crank, there's no physical addiction with crank. It's a mental addiction. You're bored is what it is. You're bored. So if you know, if you can, if you're having issues with pain pills and you go those three or four days, you talk to, and they're out of your system, congratulations. You are no longer physically addicted to that drug. But it's the mental addiction you have to them. It's the boredom. That's what gets crank addicts. That's what really wipes them out, is the boredom. Because you spend so much time scoring the drug, using the drug, talking about the drug, having friends who do the drug, scoring the drug, using the drug. This becomes the cycle of your life. So when all of a sudden you have a ton of free time and you're sitting there in your house, you're bored out of your mind. You are literally no longer addicted to that drug once all the withdrawals are over with but you're addicted to the feeling of it. I'm still addicted to the can of chew in my pocket. You know what I mean? The shape that it made in my pocket, the sound of the can opening. 
I'm addicted to walking to the gas station just to buy a can. But the physical addiction to nicotine is long gone. I haven't used nicotine and I don't even know how long it's been. The physical addiction is gone. If I start using again, it's because I'm bored or because I want the memories of how good I, quote unquote, good I felt on it. If you're using drugs responsibly, if you're smoking marijuana or having a beer after work, like you know what responsible use is, right? So you also got to figure that out as well. But when you're doing it to cope with something, that's what you know, you know, that's why it's so important for someone to go, I'm addicted to this thing. Other people can't really say it to you because you you do know. You actually know it a, a while before you admit it to yourself and you're just fighting it. But think about this. Think about this. Since January of 2021, I have given up nicotine. I've given up caffeine. I've given up sugar. I've lost 33 pounds since March. If I can do it, you can do it. That's 100% true. Maybe a longer process. Maybe more involved. You may need to seek counseling or join a group. But if I can do it, you can do it. Once you go past that physical thing and you realize you're not mentally addicted to the drug, you're mentally addicted to everything that came along with it. You're bored. You're bored at that point. Again, that doesn't account for... Some drugs do have... Like alcoholism is lifelong. That is a different topic. But when it comes to stuff like pain pills, when it comes to stuff like marijuana use or nicotine or caffeine, the other day, when I say I don't have any caffeine or any sugar, I'll have a packet of M&Ms every once in a while. I used to eat them all the time. And I used to have caffeine every single day. I always had 10 caffeinated beverages a day. Yesterday, I drank a coffee, like a Kona Mocha smoothie. I cleaned my entire bedroom. Because I had gone so long without any caffeine that one, one basically mocha, what are they, frappuccino type thing, I cleaned my entire bedroom. Because that's how caffeine should work on the human body. It gives you pep. You shouldn't need it every single day. But again, I'm not, it's funny. My friends drink. My friends drink alcohol. They drink caffeine. They smoke cigarettes. I don't judge. I don't care. As long as you can do it responsibly, But if you want to make the change, think about, am I doing it? Am I thinking about smoking weed right now because I have a physiological addiction to weed or because I'm bored? And it's because you're bored. Because you think about all the times where you just sat back and smoked weed and the world became dull or the world became more colorful or those cartoons on Adult Swim became 10 times funnier. Like those were the things. Like when I quit smoking weed, I remember for a while television was boring. Because I used to sit and watch television and smoke. I used to watch Adult Swim all night long and smoke and being like, dude, you can only get Futurama if you're stoned. And so when I stopped smoking weed for a while, I was like, oh, television's not as good as I remember when I was stoned, but I just worked past that. But yeah, that's the key. That's the key, I think, is are you physically addicted once you get past that physical addiction? You got it, man. You guys got this stuff, dude. You're as strong as all these other people who have quit this stuff. I know now it's going on a little bit longer, but you're as strong as all these other people who have ever quit this stuff. You're stronger than that. So if you want to, you can do it too. So you guys will be fine. So guys, that is it. That will wrap up our third anniversary special. Hope you guys like this. I actually have, it's so funny because going back to what Charlotte and Nikolai were saying, I actually have a bunch of more stuff I can talk about, but 
I've kind of run out. <laughs> I've kind of run out of time. I don't want to take up too much time. But guys, I'm so glad you guys love the show. Thank you for everyone who submitted their questions. Uh, let me give a shout out to Fernando, Loyola, Bob Ross, Dylan Boy, Blitz Neo, Cecil, Quezel Cotto, Godrilla. I actually got two more questions coming in here. One from Enea on YouTube and one from Alexandra on Facebook. Alexandra Watts. Thank you for all the questions that were submitted that I didn't get to. And I got a bunch of other stuff I could do behind the scenes stuff, but, you know, I'm super sweaty. I'm super, super sweaty. But, dude, three years. We going to four years, guys? I'm planning on it. Let's keep spreading the word about the show. Let's get the show bigger. Let's share the fluffle with everybody. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one.